Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Zinc. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Unqualified Therapist. Oh, my God! (laughs) Guys, gals, ladies, gentlemen, we are they, them. Yes. Um, We are very nervous about this episode, and we don't know why. I mean, it feels heavy, and it feels so important that... I feel like jittery. I don't know. Yeah. I have not been this nervous about an episode since Mank. Mank. Since we had Absolutely. our Mank, Josh like Mankiewicz interview. Just, whoa. Woo. So we want to start by saying that we have done research upon research upon research, and this is endless. You can rabbit hole this forever, but we have done to the best of our ability. We have researched two of these self-proclaimed gurus, uh, Teal Swan and Bentinho Massaro. Yes, ma'am. AKA Bento Box. <laughs> two very dangerous individuals. And we have, we would like to share about them because we want to make sure that everyone knows the truth and to talk a little bit about why people go there and why people you know, find them attractive and people that they want to be around. And we want to educate you on the dangers of these narcissists who are masked as self-help leaders. And the most important thing I think that Sarah and I both agreed of all of this as we researched and read and read and read is that you have to follow your intuition and your gut over everything. Trust yourself first, always, forever. You know yourself better than anyone else and you can be sucked into both Sarah and it's not like there's anything wrong with you if you've been sucked into one of these right because Sarah and I both have absolutely we've both been experienced by but we in high influencing cultish culty groups exactly because we weren't on steady ground we were having maybe mental health problems we were having relationship problems we didn't have the self-confidence that we have now We just didn't know as much. We were also at an age of looking for belonging and looking for purpose. Exactly. And so we really want to expose, and I know this has been exposed on documentaries and podcasts, but we just want to kind of add to this uh, kind of thing that's going on here of we're trying to expose these people for who they really are so that less people hopefully no more people follow them because they are still out doing their business, taking your money, making you feel like shit and making you forget everything you knew before you met them. Yeah. So with that being said, we're going to do a massive trigger warning for this episode. If you are feeling hopeless, if you are in a place of despair, if you are having suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts, I want you to just stop this episode now because we're going to be playing some clips of Teal. You can listen to the episode, but once she starts to talk, I want you to to fast forward through her because what she says is very dangerous. These have been taken down. They have been deleted because they are dangerous. And many people have said that she is a catalyst for suicide. She knows that this has also been the beginning of her downfall. So she 
says it didn't happen. She never said those things. Right. She totally says this is a lie. Yes. But because people, you know, (laughs) once you put something up on the internet, it's there forever because other people can grab it, find it, have shared it, have saved it, whatever. And it has now been reposted and there are, you can find it. You just have to dig. I want you to, though, abandon those videos, abandon these clips, do not listen to it if you're in that place of despair, suicidal ideation, hopelessness, and instead, I want to encourage you to find a therapist to talk to, a friend, a trusted family member, a trusted friend, or go to the hospital or call the National Suicide Helpline, which is 800-273-8255. Because even though Sarah and I are totally different places now kind of in a healthy more healthy spot I should say researching this and listening to her shook us both and it definitely triggered me one because I've lost someone to suicide two because I've I've thought of suicide myself three because you know experiencing it with Sarah as well I mean there's so many things about her that can trigger you and we really don't want anyone who isn't able to listen to that to listen to that now So who is Teal Swan? (laughs) Who is she? They like to call her the tall Amazonian woman. She's gorgeous. She is. She has piercing green eyes, long waist length, black hair. Always to the side. Yes, she's always pulling it to one side, um, which I do a lot. And now I'm like really self-conscious about. And I'm like, (laughs) I can't do that with my hair anymore. That's (laughs) so Teal Swan. So Teal Swan. But she is a self-proclaimed guru or self-proclaimed spiritual leader and healer and healer and it's just she has hours upon hours of videos on youtube and that has been where she has found the majority of her following and she has she and her team who i think work for free which is consistent through most of these cults yes they have rigged the internet. I don't know how else to put it because I don't I know. understand. I don't know how else to I don't understand the internet's <laughs> algorithms um, and yeah. things like so that. So they have somehow rigged it that if you're looking up hopelessness, suicide, anything like that, it goes to her videos. Yes. So and that's fucked. It is. If you're in that and place. manipulative. It's absolutely manipulative. She is the first thing that comes up. And if you Google her, there's so much information but I think it's really funny what you found out. What did you find out if you Google her? So, and this might have been just right before all of this, the documentary and the Gateway podcast came out. But before that, if you looked up Teal Swan, she had rigged the internet. Again, <laughs> that you only find things that Teal Swan puts out about Teal Swan. Right. So it's very controlled. And that way, the information that's going out is controlled as well. Can we talk about real quick, though, before we talk about why she's scary and dangerous, why she's appealing? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Because I think that it's important for everyone to know how people get drawn in by people like this. So we started researching her and pulling up videos and both of us were and and I was really scared and cautious to watch her videos because I had already listened to a podcast called The Gateway. So there is a series of a podcast about her called The Gateway. Very well done. He lived with them, I think, for a year. I don't know, researched her. He went to one of their Mm -hmm. one of their um, he researched her for a year, went to one of their spiritual retreats and spent the couple of weeks there with her, um, interviewed her in person more than once. And it was definitely enlightening. But one of the things that he pointed out was how piercing her eyes are, how she uses these psychedelic looking um, movement backgrounds in her videos, how she uses calming music and how she speaks in an almost monotone voice. It's a trance. So she's inducing and attempting to induce a trance-like state. We know that they're not going to induce a complete state of hypnosis or trance or whatever. But what happens is when you watch and listen to things like this, you fall into a trance-like state. And whether you're completely absorbing the information consciously or not, you're absorbing it on a subconscious level. I, so I texted Sarah and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) she is so boring. And then I thought about it and I was like, or she's putting me in a trance. Mm-hmm. So there was definite because she's super charismatic. So she's not Mm-mm. she's not speaking in a monotone unless there's a reason behind that. Yeah. So she was. I was like, well, 
while I'm doing chores, you're not going to be able to put me in a trance because I was like doing other things <laughs> while I was like listening to her. And I was like, you're so boring. But she has a purpose behind everything. Do yes. not get it twisted. Yeah. So I like refused to watch it. I was just listening because I was like, I can't watch it because I do get pulled in by backgrounds like that, that are colorful and moving slowly. And if there's music. And so what he also said on the Gateway podcast is that some of the music that she has in the background of these videos, he researched and talked to, I think it was like a sound um, expert saying that the tones that she was using are proven to put you in a relaxed and calm state. Yeah. Wow. Precise. Very intentional. Very intentional manipulation. So why people could be drawn to her or her community. Um, Before this, before we even started, I said to Sarah, I said, a different Amy would have wanted to follow Teal Swan. Now you're all going to be like, girl, (laughs) you lying. No, it's it's legit because I'm there too. Same. If you knew me I, at you know, 18, 19, 20, I was so depressed and I was so lost and I had, I was so confused about life and like where it was taking me. And then even in my twenties when I was, um, you know, married and like, it was also confusing. If you don't have your grounding, you are searching, 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 searching. And she appeals to, she would have appealed to me because I would have wanted her to love me. My goal would have been like, that girl, I'm going to get her to like me and I'm going to be on her team. I am actually shocked because I was, to full disclosure, the last six or so months have been in a really deep depression. And I was researching how to get out of that depression and what I could possibly do to basically rewire my brain. And I think by me using those terms specifically, maybe like putting in like rewiring depression and PTSD and like adding PTSD in there. I somehow escaped the teal swan-ness of it all and ended up with psychedelic integration therapy, which is what I ended up going with and am feeling like a completely different person. We'll talk about that on another episode, which I'm really excited to share with you all. But I am so thankful or else we would have been calling for help exactly i'm so <laughs> thankful that she is not what to came dr- up dig you out yeah oh my gosh no oh, oh, oh. <laughs> how okay. scary though so so scary so we're all looking to live authentically we say that in our mission statement on this show we talk about that being the reason why we're here community right working through talking about traumas sharing your story those are all things that we even want about this podcast that is all stuff that Teal promises. And then a bunch of shit. So, but you're not going to know about the shit until you're in already. <laughs> and then it's too late. Another reason that she is appealing is that she, while she negates and berates traditional therapy and says it doesn't work and that there's no good to it or merit to it, she uses traditional therapy techniques in some of her videos and teachings. And so when she's speaking, some of the things that she is saying make sense. Oh, that's the place we were headed. And then we got off track. Yes. There was so much about what she says that tracks with me. I was like, yeah, uh uh-huh, of course. And I've learned it in therapy. I've learned it in books I've read. I've learned it from my girl, Brene. Like, I mean, it could be wherever all these safe places of learning good coping mechanisms and understanding of the world around you but that's what she does I think to get her claws in she's like I'm gonna sound totally sane and I'm gonna sound like everything else that you've heard you know from the real experts and then I'm gonna get you and then she would say something and I'd be like whoa no 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 (laughs) yes yes so this is the draw you know we we hear on story when we hear recounts of stories of people who have been involved in groups like this culty or not mostly culty is that there is always a draw there's always something that is appealing and I think she another big part of that that she had the Facebook group called the teal tribe and that group has since been taken down by Facebook because know that that's yes yes absolutely great because there were people that would post videos about feeling suicidal having suicidal ideations and then this was their community 
to um, help one another. While that is all fine and good, and the intention supposedly was that there be 24-hour support worldwide for people feeling this way, is that when you put a group of people together who are all in a place of despair and hopelessness, that can be a dangerous recipe. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, yes. Which is why, let's even just talk about the two of us, okay? If we're both really low, we try really hard not to like hang out. Yeah. Because that's just, again, a recipe for disaster. Because nothing's going to happen except we're just going to pull each other down further. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, what you're saying. I, I get that. Yes, I feel the same way. And it's all worthless. It's well, all pointless. Exactly. You're right. Absolutely. Let's be done. Mm-hmm. So, which is why it's so phenomenal that I don't think we've really been in that space, like that deep space together at the same time, which is good. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> so I think it's important for us to understand what, how someone like this thinks. Now, it's, we did an episode last week on narcissistic personality disorder and gaslighting. And I think it would be amazing if you could go back and listen to that. You don't have to do it right the second or after you're done listening to this episode. But just to get a deeper understanding, we have our psychologist friend, Dr. Katie Stewart, really dives into it and tells us what that involves. Um, and we talk about some traits. So it's a great episode to have leading into this conversation that we're having about two people who definitely fall into that category. So I just want to quickly review that Katie went over that are the nine traits of a person with narcissistic personality disorder. And to be diagnosed with this, you only have to have five of them. So they are grandiosity. So that's like an exaggerated sense of self-importance. It's that you're feeling better than others, more superior, and that you're the one that deserves special treatment. It's that your feelings are often accompanied by fantasies of unlimited success and brilliance, power and beauty. (laughs) Um, The second trait is excessive need for admiration. So you must be the center of attention. You monopolize conversations. I'm saying you. I shouldn't say you. People with this (laughs) feel slighted, mistreated, depleted, and enraged when they are ignored. The third trait is superficial and exploitative relationships. So these are relationships that are based on surface attributes and not like unique qualities of other people. It's like you're using people. Yes. Yeah. And they're only valued, the people that they're using are only valued to the extent that they are viewed as beneficial. So like if they don't, if they're not beneficial to the narcissist anymore, then they're no longer welcome as a part of their life. And the thing that jumps out at me is that who we're going to talk about in the next episode is Bentino. When the women ran out of money. Yep. He was like, bye. Flipped a switch. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer attracted to you. (laughs) Boo. Number four, lack of empathy. So they are just totally limited in the ability to have any type of um, caring about anyone and their emotional needs or the experiences of others. Number five is identity disturbance. So their sense of self is extremely rigid and superficial and very fragile. (laughs) Their stability depends on maintaining their view that, uh, that other people view them as this exceptional being. Number six, difficulty with attachment and dependency. So they rely on the feedback of the people around them. So they have to have people around them telling them how amazing they are basically at all times. And their relationships only exist for that reason, for them to be built up and give that positive self-image. Their interactions are superficial and uh, intimacy is avoided. I think intimacy they mean on an emotional level. Oh, yeah. Not a physical level. Oh, yeah. I bet you they're not even capable of true intimacy. No. Yeah. Number seven, chronic feelings of emptiness and boredom. So when they're not getting attention and praise, then they're bored or depressed or restless. Don't know what to do with themselves. Number eight, they have vulnerability to life transitions. So they can't maintain like reality-based personal and professional relationships, goals, If they're asked to compromise by their job or by their school or by a relationship, then they may completely like retreat and think that that's like, that's just not possible in life. 
And then if they're younger, young adults, they may have what's called failure, failure to launch, which is basically they like just cannot do anything on their own. They're completely reliant upon parents and so forth still. And then there also is a significant risk factor for suicide and suicidal attempts as a narcissist as well. Which Teal has said made her closer to understanding all of these other people because she has attempted suicide multiple times. And so there it is. Yeah. And I think what was important to that one of the most important things we learned from Katie, Dr. Katie last week was that their feelings of depression and suicidal attempts come because they're all the rest of those feelings of self-importance aren't being fulfilled by other people. Along with her popularity on YouTube and her social media presence, she leads these very expensive self-help healing, I don't know what she calls them, retreats. And I am so leery of retreats these days. And specifically because we've been researching so many cults that have these sort of retreats, you know, those self-help things that, you know, promise you a healed sense of being and all of your traumas will be fixed by the time you leave, you know. So that's what her big moneymaker is, are these very, because to get in front of her, it's expensive, it's five thousand dollars for the week that's that's something huh sure is and then the thing is you'll get in front of her but you actually will do your quote-unquote therapy with just another participant who showed up right so not a trained professional not a therapist but another participant that also paid five thousand dollars to be there is going to be your guide through (laughs) through things like channeling which is in essence, possession. If you watch The Deep End, which is a documentary on Hulu, episode two, about halfway through, goes through some examples of what they mean by channeling. And what it is, is that she has, and this is where I feel like this is dangerous because you don't know what you're inviting in when you agree and say out loud that you will allow Yeah, you have to agree. for the spirit mm-hmm. of someone to enter your body as a participant for the other person who is sitting in front of you, who is also another participant. And what then happens is that you channel this person, allow them to possess you, and then the other participant can act out all of their feelings of sadness or rage or total, I mean, there was a girl who was screaming and saying she wanted to stab her mother in the heart over and over again. So these are the types of therapies you can expect at $5,000 a pop with Teal Swan. With zero therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, anyone with a degree. There's zero no training. Zilch. Regardless of whatever she claims, I, I somebody said that she claims that she has psych, uh, psychoanalytic training of some sort, so, but there's like no record of that anywhere. There's a very weird backstory that I'm going to throw in here real quick. So I watched this, oh my gosh, it was like three and a half hours long, but it's her childhood friend who tells a story about Teal growing up. It's very fascinating, but it's very long. Anyways, her mom had a psychology book. And she devoured it. And she would say, like, try to, like, tell people what they had. And I'm wondering if that That's her training. I think that's, like, how she started out. Yeah. She just picked up the DSM. It wasn't even probably the DSM. It probably wasn't the DSM. It was probably some (laughs) college, like, level freshman psych 101. That's terrifying. I'm sure she's done other research or whatever. But, like, you don't have a degree, period. End of story. Sorry. You can't do these sorts of things. It's very dangerous. I feel like I just want to like rewind real quick. I know that you had said you're leery of retreats and I am as well. But I think what we can kind of point out to people is that be leery of retreats where there is one person giving the information. Yes. And it is solely from their own mind, their own thought processes, and it is only their information. That's a really good point. That's important because there's a lot of people putting out excellent retreats that have nothing to do with a cult and you can, you know, gain all sorts of knowledge when multiple people are, you know, sharing information and, you know, maybe you're taking a class or whatever. There's lots of good ones, but just do your research. 
Yes, please. Oh, and trust your gut. Again, we're going to say that like so many times during this episode. Good walk away. So with all of that being said, we are now going to play for you those clips that have been taken down, but have been reposted by other users. This is again where I'm going to place that trigger warning and say that if you are in a place of hopelessness, despair or suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts, please skip forward about three to four minutes. I don't want any of her influence being in the back of your brain at all. And with that being said, please take caution and care when you're listening to her. I actually, interestingly enough, lost my first client to suicide this last year. And this was a woman who was absolutely miserable. I am talking every moment of her life was a nightmare. And so we had that very serious sit down talk where we had to say, all right, we're either committing or not committing to life. Because every time I gave her a suggestion, she'd stop in two days doing the suggestion. So then we have to ask the question, do we really want this to work? And what's interesting is when she asked herself that question, the answer was no, I'm done. So there's nothing that any healer could ever do for that type of vibration, which is totally fine. From source energy, there's nothing wrong with death from that perspective. So she chose to commit suicide. Interestingly enough, it took her about two days before she was reincarnated again. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. A lot of people who commit suicide, they get in one of those negative spirals, so they're desiring things so extremely, and they're not letting themselves line up with that thing they're desiring so extremely, so that the only way that they can fully line up with it is through death. All Everything they desire. That's why it feels so good to die. You have basically accumulated in what a lot of people who teach teach law of attraction would call a vibrational escrow. It's essentially that every time you experience something unwanted, you broadcast what is wanted, and that becomes the vibration of your eternal self. Your eternal self, which has no resistance, adopts that vibration exactly, so that when you die, you line up with it, and you become that. So when you die, it's like lining up with the best food you've ever eaten and the lover who you've always wanted, and I mean, I could list this whole thing, everything you've ever wanted from your life. Mm you line up with. (laughs) What suicide is, is pushing the reset button. It's not a good or bad decision in and of itself. It's not something that Source either condones or condemns. Those who, for whatever reason, find themselves unable to find that alignment, we don't need to condemn their decision to commit suicide. Really, once they do, we must understand that that is relief and it is release and they have set themselves free and they have pushed the reset button and they have re-emerged with source perspective. The ultimate example of what people consider to be a false prophet may be Jim Jones, leader of the People's Temple. Long story short, plastic cups, flavorade packets and syringes littered the area where 909 bodies were found at the largest revolutionary suicide in modern history after Jones urged his followers to die in support of opalistic communism. Don't believe for a second that Jim Jones thought that he was causing people harm. He thought that he was helping people. He thought that the only way for them to be free was to die. I want you to lay down on the floor, and I mean completely let yourself collapse. What is suicide? It's giving up completely on life. So let yourself physically give up on life by falling on the floor. When you're on the floor, I want you to imagine dying. Now here's the thing. You've been loosely and mostly subconsciously toying with the idea of suicide. You've been thinking about it, but not really consciously. This time what I'm going to encourage you to do is to consciously imagine committing suicide. This is different than suicidal ideation, which is just a subconscious reaction to an emotional state. Imagine how you want to kill yourself and where you want to kill yourself. Imagine every grisly detail. Imagine who is there, how they will react. Become aware of the impact you want it to have on other people and why you want your suicide to have that impact. Imagine watching every detail of your funeral and what happens with your body. Imagine watching people grieve and moving on with their life. Imagine you watching all of it. Then imagine yourself going back to Source, becoming part of Universal Mind or what you call God again. Imagine that now you have the relief you were seeking. You're not in pain anymore. You're watching Earth from that removed viewpoint that you left it all behind. You're just objectively viewing the madness down here on Earth. Let yourself imagine and feel that sense of peace for as long as you can. We asked our friend and psychologist, Dr. Katie Stewart, to give us her thoughts on Teal Swan, and she sent this quote to us. Quote, Two of the intangible things I care most about are spirituality and psychology slash mental health. Teal Swan has bastardized both. 
I cannot begin to imagine what is in her heart or mind, and it is possible that she truly believes she is helping others. But to say that suicide is, quote, our safety net or our reset button that's always available to us, end quote, especially to people who are likely very emotionally vulnerable, is beyond dangerous. We need to be able to talk about suicide, but this is absolutely not the conversation we need to have. Suicide is not a reset. It is an abrupt stop that cannot be reversed. I do not in any way mean to shame those who have experienced suicidal ideation or attempts or survivors of suicide. I want to protect them. I want them to know that there are many ways to reset, but listening to Teal Swan should not be one of them. End quote. There's a lot of different reactions that we could have had listening to this. Some might be repulsed. Some might feel like you hear some truth, things that you've heard before, things that kind of resonate with you. Some of you might be completely like, what the actual fuck is happening? <laughs> and, you know, and I would say that for me, I feel all three of those um, because that is her trick. She takes pieces of truth and she pushes them all together and mixes them up in a bowl <laughs> with yeah. her garbage. Yeah. And there are, while that's true, that is a very, very slippery slope with anyone who is actually suicidal. If you're in a very healthy place and you just want to get like a new take on life of like this, you know, you know, whatever. Like a rejuvenation of how you feel about your life. Sure. Like a new gratitude for it. But I'm in a yes. good place. Right. I just need to like be grateful for all that I have. Okay. Maybe. I'm not saying I agree with any of this. I'm just saying maybe. Also, I just told Sarah, I was like, can you see this vein? Like, like it's twitching in her neck, in my neck, because if she said it one more, oh my God, I cannot stand the phrase commit suicide. It just really, really rubs me the wrong way. And she just likes to really say it over and over again, making, you know, the ownership on the person that they committed this crime. Yeah, that's what it implies that you've committed a crime and or something that's we both, vile. You know, you know, <laughs> I just feel so, I feel offended by that. Let's just say Scott was alive. I would not want her, him anywhere near fucking Teal Swan. No. Like nowhere near, I would have to like pretend like she doesn't exist because, and somehow change it so he never found her on the internet. Like that is the kind of thing that is so dangerous is take someone like that who has an illness, who's not thinking rationally and say this shit to him. So I don't know. She, that was, I just think she's a dangerous human being. Packaging it as a reset button is a strategy that has earned her the name, the suicide catalyst. Yes. What we want to make sure that you know is that, like Amy said, sure, could these strategies help someone who's not in a place of suicidal ideation or hopelessness and despair? Maybe. I don't know. But for someone who is in that place, consciously reliving trauma, consciously putting yourself in a spot where you're thinking about what it would feel like is a very dangerous thing to do. That is the opposite of what you want to do when you're in that spot. When you're in that spot, what you want to do is basically distract yourself. That is one of the biggest ways to get yourself out of it. And one of the thoughts that you need to tell yourself over and over again is this feeling will pass. This desire will pass. I need to make it one more minute than one more minute. And we will tell you from personal experience, it does. It does. It passes. You just have to make it through that feeling. And you don't need anything tipping you over like this. Right. Right. Exactly. Do you guys like Ooh. that Jim Jones? Oh, did my, anyone, did like anyone catch that? that? Did you get that? Like, oh. are you kidding me? <laughs> now, nobody thinks that Jim Jones set out to harm anyone. He didn't think he was going to hurt anybody. He that thought was, he was helping people. That was some real bullshit. What? Like, <laughs> what? Guys, if you don't know who Jim Jones is and I'm what sure Jonestown is, and if you've heard the, the phrase drink the Kool-Aid, you know, you know, it was a mass suicide by a self-proclaimed spiritual leader who had everybody drink cyanide in. It wasn't even Kool-Aid. It was like a generic brand of Kool-Aid that killed an entire group of people, 900 plus and people and yeah. some. Because I mean, that was just oh. like ludicrous. It's laughable. I can't even imagine to ever know anyone who would agree with that statement. 
Right. <laughs> like, like Jim Jones is mm. like, I mean, isn't that like textbook? Like everybody would know like that is a cult leader who did a yes. bad, horrible thing, period. Yes. And yes. the story, there is no rationalization that you can come to to make me believe that what he did was cool. Yeah. So we he meant no harm. No, no. <laughs> we included that part of it because I think you that have you to have hear to the, hear. Yeah the mindset that this woman is in and where she's coming from in her spiritual teachings and what she's trying to get you to take from this is that she's not trying to hurt anybody. She's here to help you. And so was Jim Jones. And so were other very misunderstood spiritual leaders. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to address the fact that she said, that's why it feels so good to die. Bitch, how do you fucking know? <laughs> I can't. Like, I know, we're, I'm trying to be professional about this whole thing and educational and, like, make sure that you guys are getting the good information. But that just, like, wow. Wow. It's glamorizing it's it. It's glamorizing it. It's making it, it. S- romantic yes. sounding. It's like, and people it feels so have... good. You're getting everything that you want. Who have these near-death experiences will tell you it is peaceful. But this woman has no business zero zilch ever impressing that on another human being because we all have very specific lives very specific purposes she couldn't possibly know enough about you to say these things to you because we're all so multifaceted there's just too much in case you can't tell we're a little heated about this (laughs) wow like probably because she said commit suicide 15 times I mean, if you're in a place that you can watch, it's a well-done documentary, right? The Deep Ends. It's four episodes. It's heavy as fuck. Watch it with a friend if you can so you can kind of talk about it because it is something you need to debrief on. Episode one, I was watching and I was thinking to myself, this is where I was in that place of like, okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Okay, I've heard that before. Okay, I can get I can get behind like healing. And, and then it was like a hard stop because somebody asked her, Who's above you? Like, who gives you guidance? Who are you held accountable by? And Teal lost her ever-loving mind. Yeah, it was a complete switch of a, like, a flip of a switch. You can see it. Watch it. You can see her go, Yep. And she changes right before your eyes. And she fucking goes off. What I found... right then, I was like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, here we go. No, 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 no. So physically, she changes. Her body straightens up. She tightens up. She starts with this like real arrogant look on her face. I just want to set the picture for you all. She like starts like raising her eyebrows like, "Uh uh-huh, hey, hey. Because what I'm saying is super important. She's got a smirk on her face and she starts talking very fast. And you'll notice throughout the documentary when she gets fucking fired up and pissed off, she starts talking really fast. And in other sets and settings, when she's delivering her spirituality and her bullshit to everybody, (laughs) she's speaking in this very Very soothing, soft monotone. More love bombing you than anything. Yes. It's all good. But I I was like watching, I was like, oh, there goes the mask. Here we go. Let's see the real thing, girl. Number one things that I've learned as a person, not from reading, just from experience in life. I want to know who's above you. Who are you answering to? Who is in charge to keep you on the right path? Like if I'm following a leader, I should say, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to be held accountable. Otherwise you could be a tyrant. So that leads me to my list. You cannot disagree with Teal. This is one of the biggest things that you will see throughout. There is no disagreeing with her. She doesn't answer to anyone. She has this list of non-negotiables for the inner circle. And the list is very long. It's like a contract. It is a contract they have to sign. And this, guys, was where the scales tipped for me. And the private investigator. Yeah. the Well, it, it was basically, yeah, all of this information. I, I should say this was one of the times where I was like, well, check mark, check that box. Sure. She has these rules that you have to follow and they all include isolation. Here's, I'll give you an example. You are not allowed to travel for leisure. You need to give up, she says, your normal life. So now she's saying when you can and cannot leave. That's, that's a problem. It's a problem. Another example is that you may not bring in a partner without her vetting them and saying that they are okay to become a part of the group. And 
if they at any point disagree with her and her teachings, she is allowed to remove them from the group and you if you are the one who brought them in as your partner. She will cut you off from your family, your friends, anyone who you have relationship with outside of this community. Because what she's going to do is she's going to bring up whether it be real or not real. That's, you know, up for debate. Memories of trauma caused by family members specifically so that you don't go back to them. And now you're alone. So the only person that can heal you is Teal. That's it. She is it. Everything revolves around Teal. I just want to also put this in there just because saying her name, I was like teal and it made me think of the color. And and so it took me down this mental pathway that (laughs) cult leaders do. I have trains that go off the track sometimes. I know. But this this is on the track sort of. So cult leaders, one of the things that they'll do is kind of is remove your identity from yourself. They can do that several different ways. But one of the ways of doing that is by changing your name. And she has a follower in the inner circle who has changed his name because Matthew just didn't fit him anymore. And that just wasn't him, she said. And so they changed his name to Cyan. Now, that's C-Y-A-N. Does everybody know what that is? It's a color, isn't it? It's a color. It's a version of blue. Oh, God. Which is also teal, another version of blue. I just found that to be very interesting. I'm surprised she was allowed to like, that she allowed somebody to share in the teal color range with her. <laughs> <laughs> so she is going to create trauma and then cut you off from family friends everybody and be the only one who can save you now you are stuck right so where do you go from here really it's very hard to get out and she'll say you know just like bentina will say i don't hold you hostage you can leave at any time free can- will is a huge part of our exactly. following but can you because you've now isolated yourself and really made it so that you cannot be back with your family, friends, partner. What really, really pushes my buttons is she says, you know, they both say, leave your children. Also, they're working for her for free. So they have no income. So they have no money. So they have their jobs. They've quit their jobs. They have nothing to fall back on. So they have no family, no money, no resources, just the inner circle. And these people have become your family. And so you're dependent upon them and you have nowhere else to turn. So when someone goes up against Teal, now a little bit of background. Blake is her best friend. He, they at 19, they dated for a while. He is the one that quote unquote showed her how to trust again. And they've been very close friends, even though it like the romantic part died down. There's a very weird scene in the documentary. I don't know how I feel about it, where he's coloring her hair. And she says, what have we been doing? And he's like, this for like however many years. I don't even know. Like it was like 18 years or something crazy like it that. It is. It's 18 years. Yes. That she, he's been like coloring her hair. It's, and taking care of her. She said, and you've been taking care yeah, of me. She ba- he basically is her caregiver. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, is that Blake falls in love. And this woman comes to the community from, where did she live? Germany? Germany. And this woman sees that there's parts of this that are not okay. Like we're pushing people too hard. And at one point she does resist and says, I I think that we shouldn't push people to that extent. That's literally all she says. That's it. She says, you can't force them. And that was it. That was it. And Teal said, and now we have a fucking problem. So we're going to play a clip of what happens of how she confronts this poor woman, Juliana. Yeah, so Blake is her husband, who was Teal's former boyfriend and also business partner then at this point. I do want to make sure that we note that English is not Juliana's first right. language. German is. So there's a point where she doesn't understand what they're saying and has to ask clarification on what a word means. And it breaks my breaks mm-hmm. my heart mm-hmm. so much. Um, so we're going to play that clip now so that you can see how this narcissist manipulates this poor woman who stood up against her to speak out. Juliana, that's what's happening with you. You feel like an adversary to me, and I need that to change. What means that, Enemy. Opposing. I need your truths on the table. 
what you actually think about me pretty fucking quick. I can tell you about all kind of personal truths about what you think is unhealed about me and unhealthy about me and unhealthy about the company I run, unhealthy about the house I lead, unhealthy about my dynamics with people. It's literally unhealthy and healthy and healthy and healthy and healthy and... What? Yeah, th this is what you've been doing since the minute you landed. You keep insulting me. It's all over your energy field. So, I suggest you talk about that. I'm afraid, actually. You should be. Do you know what would be interesting to me, actually? is based off of the interaction that you and I have had. What you think your attitude towards me is, and what every other person here thinks your attitude towards me is. What I think of you, that you're like really clear in what you want and where you want to go in your life, and that you have like a very clear commitment to your mission. But in general, like, you're a very powerful person. I think you think that she doesn't care about people. I think you think she's hungry for power. I think you think she's manipulative with her sexuality. Your turn, Sky. I think you hate Teal on one level. I think you're envious of her. I think you feel threatened by her. I think you're afraid of her. I think you want what she has. You think I support and add to painful suffering in the world. You think that I'm an attention whore. You think I'm a narcissist. You think I control others, even the way they see things. You think I'm too masculine, too harsh, not very nice, don't care about people, manipulate Blake. I'm tyrannical, have the wrong values, use people. I hurt myself and others. I'm power hungry and responsible for the power struggles between you and me. I want everyone for myself. I surround myself with enablers, that I'm very powerful, that I'm very talented, that I have a very meaningful mission. How conflicting. That's what I get to live with in the room with me every day. That somehow you're the one being attacked. So if you notice what happened there, there were other people sitting in the circle of the inner circle. So these are all the inner circle leaders. And she asks them and puts them in this very uncomfortable position to tell her what they think Juliana thinks of, her, of Teal. And one of the psychologist's videos that I was listening to, he said something that made so much sense that what they were saying that they thought she felt was actually how they felt about her. It's a lot of around that. Hopefully you followed that. Yeah. Um, but that as they're telling her, she thinks this and this and this about you really, that's how they felt about her. And that was just a way to get it out. Yeah. That's how I felt when I was watching it. I was mm -hmm. like, these people, this is how they feel about Teal. And I don't know how Teal doesn't see that if she's all knowing. Because because she's a narcissist and she's like, yes, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yes, yes. she's like they understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. They can see her hatred for me too, but this isn't how Juliana feels. This is how Teal is going to force her out because she stood up to her. Tiniest bit. The tiniest, like it was. So you can again. It's in the documentary the deep end on hulu it is in episode four episode four is where it all comes crashing down for me where i'm like this bitch is a fucking cult leader and she's dangerous and wow um sarah and i would love to go up against her toe to toe that'd be so fun now. yes i'll take that i'll take her now we could go undercover <laughs> oh my gosh i would be so horrible at undercover i'd be like what <laughs> you can't say that that's bullshit and you know it um there are people who do that though there is a woman who's gone to multiple of her retreats and will say, I have resistance to you. I don't like you. I don't agree with what you're saying. And that's actually where the argument between Juliana and Teal came about because Teal that's wanted to right. force her into agreeing with her yes. teachings and into doing these types of therapy that she wants to do on her, but this woman is not willing to do for good fucking reason. 
And Juliana says, I don't think we can force people. And that was that. But let's follow that to the part that upset. I don't even want to say upset me the most, but gave me a visceral reaction. That same person who said, I don't believe you. I think you're bullshit. The tactic that Teal used was basically to drown her. It was so difficult to watch. It was so if you have any kind of water triggers, it was extremely upsetting. And what it was is that she called it being held underwater to the point of drowning to hack into the subconscious mind. Now, when this woman gets out of the water, her first thing she says, because Teal's like rubbing her head as she's like coming to and she says, I love you. The, the woman who hated her two minutes prior is now telling Teal that she loves her. Okay, but that's like a tactic. That's not real. You've just almost killed somebody and brought them back to life. Yeah. And so now they're gonna, she's going to look at this woman as the healer. It's what? disgusting. It makes my stomach turn. So it's at this point that we want to do a little reminder on some ways to recognize if you are being deceived by someone who is a culty type leader or someone who is trying to manipulate you or use some sort of control over you. This can happen in relationships. This can happen in work relationships, friendships, romantic relationships, groups, religious organizations, political organizations, pretty much anywhere. So we just want you to all be aware of what to look for. And the easiest way to remember it is by using Stephen Hassan's bite model. He is a cult expert who has written several books. We're going to put all kinds of links in the show notes for this episode, resources for you to find, books to read, podcasts to listen to, all kinds of things that will give you some resources if you're looking for more information. So I'm going to very briefly overview what the bite model is. And it's just a way to remember it. The B stands for behavior control. That's regulating an individual's physical reality, dictating where, how, and whom that they associate with, isolating from, when and how the member has sex, control types of clothing and hairstyles, regulating diet, manipulation and deprivation of sleep, financial exploitation, restricting leisure and entertainment, major time spent with the group with indoctrination and rituals, permission required for major decisions, thoughts, feelings, and activities reported to superiors, rewards and punishments used to modify behaviors, discouraging individualism and encouraging groupthink, imposing rigid rules and regulations, punishing disobedience by beating, torture, burning, cutting, rape, or tattooing or branding, threatening harm to family and friends, forcing individual rape or to be raped, and instill dependency and obedience, encouraging and engaging in corporal punishment. These can sound extreme, but there are also lesser versions of these things, so just be aware. The I is information control. Wait a second. That yeah. was just B? That was just B. Okay. <laughs> the I is information control, and that's deception. Minimizing or discouraging access to non-cult sources of information. So that includes like radio, TV, books, articles, newspapers, critical information, former members of the groups, keeping members so busy that they don't have time to think or investigate about it and controlling through cell phones with texting, calls and Internet tracking, compartmentalizing information into outsider versus insider doctrines, encouraging spying on other members Extensive use of cult-generated information and propaganda, so that includes newsletters, magazines, journals, audio tapes, videotapes, YouTube, movies, and other media. Misquoting statements or using them out of context from non-cult sources, so that you think differently about it. And unethical use of confession, so that can be asking you about your traumas and revealing them uh, in detail, asking you about your secrets, having you sending in nude pictures, anything like that that can be used as a type of collateral to come out against you if you speak out about them. The T is thought control, and that is requiring members to internalize the, the group's doctrine as truth. So you're basically adopting the group's map of reality as your actual reality. It is instilling black and white thinking. There's no gray. Deciding between good versus evil. Organizing people into us versus them. Insiders versus outsiders. Changing, here's what we talked about with Cyan. Changing a person's name and identity. 
a use of loaded language and cliches which constrict knowledge they stop critical thoughts and reduce complexities into buzzwords encourage only quote good and proper thoughts so whatever is good and proper to that group or person hypnotic techniques are used to alter mental states hello teal swan her voice and her music (laughs) Um, this undermines critical thinking and even age regress the member, which she does quite often. Um, we'll talk That's about big, tactics like that in another episode. Yeah, a big part of what she does. Memories are manipulated and false memories are created. Again, another tactic that she uses specifically. Teaching thought-stopping techniques, which shut down reality by testing, stopping negative thoughts and allowing only positive thoughts. So this can be, and Amy and I have talked about this in our experience with religious groups that you are taught what to say when somebody says, well, what about this? Then you have this phrase to say, to pull out that is supposed to stop all other negative feedback and comments at that point. Guess who else does that? Who? MLMs. Sure do. (laughs) You get taught those. You sure do. (laughs) Rejection of rational analysis, critical thinking, and constructive criticism. You forbid critical questions about the leader, the doctrine, or the policy allowed. So fucking shut your mouth, don't ask questions is basically what that says. Labeling alternative belief systems as illegitimate, evil, or not useful. And then they have their own new map of reality. And then the last one is emotional control. Manipulating the narrow range, manipulating and narrowing the range of feelings. So some emotions and needs are deemed as evil, wrong, or selfish. Let me just tell you right now, your feelings are legitimate. Your feelings are valid. Period. The end. Teaching emotion-stopping techniques to block feelings of homesickness, anger, and doubt. Make the person feel that the problems that are, are always their own fault. They are never the leader's or the group's fault. Promoting feelings of guilt or unworthiness, such as identity guilt, not living up to your potential, your family is deficient, your past is suspect, your affirmations are unwise, your thoughts, feelings, actions are irrelevant or selfish, social guilt and historical guilt. They instill fear, such as fear of thinking independently, fear of the outside world, fear of enemies, fear of losing one's salvation. I can't. That's a whole other podcast episode. Fear of leaving or being shunned by the group, fear of others' disapproval. Extremes of emotional highs and lows. So they love bomb and praise one moment and then declaring you a horrible person or sinner or spiritual spirit in the next. Ritualistic and sometimes public confession of sins. Oh my gosh. Phobia, indoctrination. uh, So this is inoculating irrational fears about leaving the group or questioning the leader's authority. There's a lot more detail. You can find this. Um, we've linked it in other episodes, but I'm going to link it again. It's a PDF, and it is Stephen Hassan's Bite Model, and it gives you all of the details on this. It comes from his book called Freedom of Mind. He also has the Freedom of Mind Resource Center, which is freedomofmind.com. As she was reading those, I was just thinking into our next portion of this thought uh, with Bentino. Holy shit, he does all of those things. He does, yes. Like even There's even more than what she does but doesn't make her any less of a cult leader i'm just no. saying that he really does he's like i'm gonna take a little bit from b-i-t annie <laughs> because i'm bentino so <laughs> try to remember like you know remember those because we will be referring to them and it was a lot but it's really good to know so that you can assess each situation that you come across especially on social media you don't know these people you just don't And it can be easy to fall into their group. It also can be easy to fall into a relationship like this. And we wanted to play one last clip from the documentary because we want you to see what can happen when you try to walk away from a narcissist. Now, mind you, this is her best friend, the person that she claims to have to love completely, who has helped her through everything in her life. They've lived together for what 18 years yeah Yeah. they've spent 18 years building this business and together and he has been her right hand man and one sentence from his new wife of standing up to her to say you can't force people into what you think and believe and that has taken this entire relationship down the toilet and i we should add 
is that he does thankfully decide to leave with his new wife and they start their own life and this is the result of this is teal's reaction to that i think you're weak it's my ostrich i think you lack bravery but you've made your bed and now you get to lie in it He who chooses a weak path does not become a match to greatness. I have no patience for this anymore. If you want to flip the favor around, like you guys have been doing to me, the level of fucking judgment you have on me being a narcissistic bitch, you're a fucking absolute loser. Always will be. So we wanted to share this because there are two possibilities that can happen when you choose to leave someone who has narcissistic personality disorder. One, they can absolutely love bomb you, give you everything you've been complaining about or asking for for months, years, whatever, for a time before they fall right back into the ways that they're used to, which is that narcissism and wanting and needing that constant attention and love on themselves. Or two, they can do what she just did to her partner of 18 years And that is completely degrade you and call you a loser and tell you you're not going to amount to anything and cut you out completely. I'm speechless. Does that ever happen? I don't know. (laughs) I, I, I will be so happy to have Teal Swan out of my life. Yeah, I'm ready to shake this bitch off. I am ready to shake it out, get her off my back. I can't wait to get her out of my brain. But it was important enough to do the research and dig deep into who she is and her life and her cult because I wanted our listeners to be aware of her and the danger that she possesses. And it comes in the best packaging. I mean, she even does videos on gaslighting a narcissist and makes it seem as though like, oh wait, I, I can trick you into believing that like, because <laughs> I'm doing a video on this, I'm not doing it to you. So Teal Swan, peace the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. We got to get her off the YouTube airwaves. So if you come across her, please, we just encourage you, bypass it, ignore it, move on to something bypass else. It. And one of the things that one of the people who left Bentino's cult suggested that could be, it's a very easy thing to do is on Instagram to report them as a dangerous group. So just keep sending that report. Every time I think about it, I go on there and I report them. <laughs> I just keep reporting them as a dangerous group, hoping that, you know, one day they might be taken down. So that's what we can do for the time being. And that's also another thing you can do is to educate your friends, share the shit out of this episode and the episode we'll be doing on Bentino Massaro. Make sure people have the information, watch the documentaries if you want um, more information on it, educate yourselves, know what you're looking for and trust your gut. Always. Always. One easy thing you can do right now if you're feeling the way we're feeling is to get up and literally shake yeah so shake it out of your arms arms, shake your your legs legs and jump a little bit and try to seriously shake this off because this can be some heavy shit and so just shake it off put on some happy music and wow thank you for hanging in with us thank you for spreading the word about these dangerous individuals uh and we just are happy to be able to bring this information to you Yes. If you have any questions or if you are a survivor of Teal or Bentino, please reach out to us. Yes. And we want to hear your stories. We want to know how it's going for you and how you're healing. Um, And if you are willing and wanting to share your story, we know how stories heal and we would love to hear from you. So please reach out to us, unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. You can reach us through DM on Instagram at unqualifiedtherapists. You can also leave a short voicemail if you just want to give a little thoughts on this episode, uh, regardless of who you are, where you're coming from, or what situation you've been in. You can go to www.unqualifiedtherapists.com. There is a little pink microphone. You click on that and you can leave up to a two-minute voicemail for us and we can share that on the show. Thank you guys so much for listening and hanging in with us. Next week, we will be talking about Bentino Massaro, another douche knuckle. (laughs) So please remember, trust yourself. You know yourself, trust your intuition and stay wild. And weird warriors.
This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualifiedtherapistsinc. Follow us on Instagram at unqualifiedtherapists, where you will find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. Until next week, warrior, hold on. We're gonna make it. Say it now, say it proud, shout it out, make it where we go.